0: Welcome to the Melanin Private Practice Group Podcast with your host, Jay Lynn. In this podcast, we focus on providing helpful information to new and existing mental health practitioners interested in starting a private practice and or those who are currently in it but just need a little bit of help. If you are ready to receive this word, let's dive in. Here we go. Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're gonna get started in a moment. I am going to ping my favorite guest, Brandy Mabra, into the live, and then we will get started. So hang tight, share the live, let your friends know. We're getting ready to get started, and then we'll be right back with you. Brandy is here. We're gonna welcome her in. I apologize for whatever reason. There we go. <laughs> I just see, like, the logo. How are you? And how are you? Yeah. Uh, good, good, good. I, you know, I'm really sorry because the last episode, we didn't get the post, and we had a time, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm super excited to be back with you, Brandy, and to... On how to build your or die
1: for you. yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the um, I feel like I don't know the audio. I'm curious to see for those who've already joined
0: if they can hear us, okay. Um, if, if you can't, it was probably if you um put a thumbs up in the comments if you could if you can hear me now versus when I was talking before, yeah, much better now, yeah, yeah, I can hear oh, yeah. okay, so. Oh, maybe I shouldn't block the mic, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my little handy-dandy stand because, okay, let's act like we know. All right, lesson number one, <laughs> when you do podcasts, our lives, don't block the mic. Yeah,
1: don't block the mic, don't block the mic. Let the folks be able to hear you. <laughs> it
0: does. All right, so why don't we start with introductions. Brandy? why don't you tell, because um, I know some of your audience is going to come over, but let our audience know, who is Brandy Mabel? Why is she so phenomenal and awesome? Oh, oh, thank you. She's so nice. so nice. Yeah, you need to tell my family how phenomenal and awesome.
1: I'm <laughs> full of boys, and they're always like, oh, my God. You know, but anyway, uh, my name is Brandy May Brown, the CEO of Savvy Clover Coaching and Consulting, and I am a CEO coach for private practice owners. So I have the loveliness to be able to help private practice owners to hire, build, and leverage the ride-or-die dream teams be able to create and streamline operations, understand how to make financial decisions as a CEO, you know, making sure that they're just set up for success. So I know my clients, the ones I end up working with, did not go to school to learn business. So the business side is so frustrating, you know, the hiring and the firing, the managing, the leading, you know, looking at money uh you know understanding like i don't know it just feels chaotic i'm tired i'm overwhelmed i'm stressed i'm working all the
0: hours uh, those are my people and so i'm here to help <laughs> oh, I know it listen this is every consultant story you guys like we love y'all don't get it twisted we love you <laughs> but every time you come to us you're like yep yeah, yep yeah, i've heard that before or no yeah
1: yeah but i will say like it's really fun to watch the transformation i'll say like where someone comes you know and they're, they are they're stressed they're just all the thoughts and all the things are in their head And then after they go through, like, their transformation, they learn more, they become empowered, they, you know, increase their confidence, then it's really fun to watch them step up and step out. And, you know, and so and then go after the new challenges once they get to the next level. (laughs) So it's always
0: ongoing. I love that. And so, you know. As, as we're talking about challenges, I kind of want to dive into one of my questions. I know I didn't introduce myself, so let me do that quickly. Everybody, for those who don't know me, I'm Jay Lynn, Jessica Lynn. I go by Jay Lynn. <laughs> and- And we are, as well, another consulting firm that works with mental health providers to start their practice. Um, I have the honor and pleasure, as I've shared over and over, to be speaking with Brandy. Uh, If you missed the first episode, you know that she has been cleaned, the Olivia Pope of healthcare business. So when you get that kind of of, uh, compliment, you know you know your stuff. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So as we're talking about different challenges, I wanted to um, first ask the question, what is it like or what is the first process that business owners should take in order to find the right dream team? What is the pre-work that needs to be done before they they just dive in? Yeah, I always see lack of clarity. You know,
1: usually what happens is when you're first starting out, so just to speak to the folks that you have, like, you're starting out, right, so you're doing all of the things, you're wearing all the hats, and you're stressed and overwhelmed, right? And so, like, you're in the beginning – though, you want to take a step back before you get to the stressed and the overwhelmed part of it. You want to actually pay attention to, as you're working in your practice, what are some of the things that I enjoy? What are some of the things that I'm not enjoying? Where am I struggling? Where, you know, if it's taken me three hours to go through the EHR to find a, a, a report or a tool or some type of something, then you know, just paying attention to how you're showing up. The other thing, too, is to pay attention to where you're shying away from as well. So if you are not wanting to dive into something, really digging into why. So is it a skill set? Is it a mindset? Is it something that you, know, you could delegate? Get really, really clear. So it always starts with clarity first. Oftentimes what I find is they wait too long and now you are. Like, you're working all the hours. You're stressed. And so the first hire that most folks make is out of that desperation. And it's yeah. not the person truly that you need. Oh, it just sets yourself up. And then the frustration starts because now you have a team member or sometimes you have many team members that you've hired from this desperate place. And the team chemistry is off. You're stressed. They don't have the skill sets that, that you need them to have or the strengths. Um, and you get frustrated, right? And so it's it starts from the beginning. It starts when you don't think that your practice will ever grow. You'll never be big enough to have to hire. And so when you're actually being proactive about what you truly need and, and thinking now when you're in that solo space – who do I need to be on my team? Then, when you get to the to the part where you do have to hire, you'll have the clarity. You'll know, like, oh, you know, one of the things I always say is you want someone who has, you know, the strengths, the skill set, and the culture fit for what you're building. So those
0: are really important. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I'm sorry, you guys, I had to cut off really quickly. <laughs> I didn't want to do it on the live. But I absolutely love that. In that chemistry, the stressors, that's a really big thing, uh, at least from the people that I have personally surveyed on our LinkedIn page, that environment, stressors, um, chemistry, culture, all of those things were a big part of why people either ended up leaving their companies or enduring so much stress that they just got burned out and they were tired and no longer were motivated to do the work. So what are some steps that leaders can take now um, to start their personal development, to understand their leadership style and the type of culture that they want to cultivate within their workforce. Yes,
1: yeah, it starts with you. I always say that everything starts with you. So you set the tone for the culture that you're building. That's the wonderful thing about having your own, you know, your own company, right? And so the mistake i see is that folks don't think that way. They don't think about what's the culture that i'm building. You know, what are the values that we have? You know, what are my beliefs? You know, all of those things get filtered into what your company culture starts to morph into being. And so once you bring on a team, especially if you want to have a high performing team, you need to get really really clear on you know those values and beliefs, you know what that mission is, what that vision is, um, and so that way, as you're interviewing, you can you can talk about what those values are. You can talk about what you're doing as as a practice. You can definitely talk about this is the vision, this is where we're going. Oftentimes, high performers they get frustrated. I have clients who used to work for practices that you know where the owner was just a hot mess, and you could tell, you know, and so they left and started their own thing, and now they're starting to realize. Oh, now I see. You know what the owner was going through, and why maybe they made some of the decisions just from lack of knowing and all of those things too. But honestly, it starts with just understanding the mission and the vision. Understanding, you know, again, what are you building? You know, how do you want the how do you want folks to show up within the practice? What's you know what's happening? And
0: ultimately, it, it honestly starts with you. So, okay, so you got Brandy, You really hit on some. <laughs> And that was key for me, at least, um, where you talked about the lack of knowing from both the team members, getting on the other side and being like, "Well, wait, hold on, I see, I see. I see. Yeah. Ah. What is some way?" Weight- is to structure and guide the growth of conversation for the practice so that it's clear, the expectations are clear. Um, And to add some more context to that question, I've seen a lot of practices, our practice owners really take the time to invest in their employees or their independent contractors by helping them become practice owners. So what are some ways that um, owners can create that transparency so that they're building their practice but also giving insight into what it's like so that if anybody is interested later down the line, they understand, okay, I understand that and why they make those decisions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that question because I believe that leaders, our responsibility as leaders is to create other leaders, right? And so it's it's truly having transparent conversations and understanding that, you know, your, your job as a CEO is to grow, you know, to grow your team, to pour into your team, to empower your team, to teach them new skills. But at the same time, you're still learning and you can be very transparent transparent about that. You're not going to know every answer. You're going to make mistakes. You're a flawed leader. We all are. And we're all on our own journey. And so I believe that when you are open about those things and communicating about those things, then it makes, it just, it allows for there to be like transparency. It allows for you to have a culture of uh, vulnerability, you know, authenticity. And so sometimes what I find too, is that know some of my clients they'll reflect back on times where they could tell like the owner or or their you know their boss was saying something like you don't mean that like that's a lie like you're just saying that because it sounds good you know and so you have to pay attention to you know how are you communicating and then you have to make sure that you are communicating so one of the things that i always say is that it starts from the beginning so when you are first hiring You know, you have to, that's part of that clarity, right? And so that's why before you even get to that part, you have to have clarity about what you're building, what the mission is, the vision, all those things. So that way, when you're hiring, you're communicating what this is. And then once that person's on board and now you have a team, you're just elaborating on that either through one-on-one meetings, through team meetings, through, um, you know, outings or just having updates, huddles, you know, all those things. Uh, where people are really clear on what's expected you know what happens when we work here what are some of the challenges being open asking for feedback along the way um and truly partnering with those on your team so that way you can have a culture
0: that you know that that is nice to work for i would say i love that i love that so that kind of leads me into this um next question which is about retention and on one second you guys okay retention and recruitment metrics so we've talked about um, the company the culture the vision the mission what are some things that owners or some steps that owners can take to start looking at their competitors their reviews and understanding uh, what it is that is frustrating their employees about the other um, competition or employers around them, and how can they build their 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 I don't want well maybe I'll say it, their structure around uh, their culture so that they're meeting the needs, but also recognizing that this is what I need for my practice. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, I always say, you know, you can definitely do your research. There's a lot of information when it comes to surveys or just asking. You could do a poll if you wanted to even do a post on. You know, what are some things that are frustrating you about your current employer or just asking folks in the, in the market, like within your industry, um, you know, what do you like? What, what don't you like? I always believe when you have your own team in place, you need to be asking those questions, too, you know, getting feedback. What do you like? What you don't like? You know, What are we doing well? What am I doing well as a leader? Where are there opportunities to improve? From a metric standpoint, I would say you should be looking at turnover every month, especially as you're growing. In the beginning, I mean, you know, like if you only have one or two people, either they're there or they're not. However, once you start to hire more folks and you start to pay attention to, are people staying? How long are they staying? You know, what what's the feedback that I'm getting? Um, You know, are there opportunities to improve things? What do we need to? What are we doing well that we need to continue? Like all those things become really important. But ultimately, you have to ask those questions um, and be open to it as well. From a like when you're looking at competitors, I would say to like market research and to be doing those things maybe before you hire just to get competitive when it comes to salary or to see exactly what some of the benefits that other companies might have. Um, you know, ask for trends. If you have colleagues who have already hired and they have bigger teams, you know, asking them as a resource. So those are all things that you can do uh, from a market perspective. But I would say then the next time, like once you have your team in place and you're wanting to get additional market research then at least once a year, you want to look at, you know, how are we doing competitively? Um, you know, are we competitive when it comes to salary or competitive with the benefits that we're offering? You know, is there anything else that we can do? But sometimes, especially as the practice is growing, you have to meet yourself where you are. And so even if you see, you know, outside, like, oh, like one of the things I always see is like with um, some of the larger like mental health, you know, conglomerates that are coming into play. And so a lot of my a lot of the, the clients I'm working with are trying to keep up. With those, And I'm like, that's going to be, I mean, you know, the amount that you can do and the amount that they can do is a little bit different because of just bandwidth when it comes to revenue and dollars and all of those things. So meet yourself where you are, because at the end of the day, not everybody wants to go and work for some big, huge, you know, corporation or some big, huge hospital system or some big, huge, you know, conglomerate. And they really enjoy just to have a personal experience. They want to work for a smaller practice. They want to be able to actually make a change. They want to have more of an impact. They want to be able to be more mentored. Um, so that's what you talk about. You know, you talk about what you can do. So from a salary perspective, from a benefit perspective, you um, you know, and just talk up what you got going on in your practice. Don't be insecure about it.
0: I love that. I love that. I love that. So you did earlier about, um, how long are how long are they staying in the practice and what are those reasons that they're staying? And the first thing I thought of were the barriers that come with, you know, employees leaving and then having to retrain new employees and get them up and running and get the clients in the door. How What do you recommend business owners should do to start preparing for those barriers before they've even hired? You know, what processes do they need to have in place to ensure that they can get quality talent Mm -hmm. into their practice?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say that, you know, job descriptions, policy and procedures, making sure that the team that you currently have, that they're documenting what they're doing, that you have clarity on what they are working on, what they're not working on. So that way, if there is transition, you're not having to, you know, um, having to just sit down and start from scratch. You know, well, I don't remember what she was working on, or I don't know what she was doing. No, now you know. You know, there's the job description. So one of my clients were actually preparing for her. Her person's getting ready to leave in June. We're preparing for that now, <laughs> so, because we know we have the gift of knowing. Um, but with any, with any, any transition, that's hard. But you can prepare for the transition by knowing there's going to be a transition. You know, as much as we would love to keep our teams for years and years and years and years, they want to grow too. They they might get to the point where they want to move on, and so when you keep that in mind then you're preparing for the next person and you're helping and you're engaging the current team that you have in place to help you prepare for the next person. So if there's a change in the job and from when it was originally hired for, then you're documenting that. You're updating the job description. You're making sure that, you know, if you could do, like I love Loom, being able to record, you know, certain things so that way you have videos of how maybe to schedule an appointment, or how maybe to handle a certain billing situation, Um, you know, you're documenting like your actual processes and and procedures and, you know, policies and things. So that way the person can read like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do step by step. You're giving them the resources that they need to be successful and not just starting from scratch. So I, I think just to prepare knowing that the person that you're hiring at some point in time is going to leave and you need to be prepared for that.
0: So... I love it. I love it. And for those who are who are starting out, who are trying to figure out, you know, how does this apply to me? The same thing that Brandy just said with your staff should be documenting, you should be documenting what are the processes that you find to be easier and what are the processes that you find are more challenging for you. Those are the things that you want to pay attention to when you are looking for ways to plan for those barriers. I also want to talk about, you know, other barriers like attendance and, um, what are some other life-changing things? Um, you go back to school. Maybe you go for a doctorate or maybe you start a family. Like, how do those challenges play into finding the right team for you and how you structure your business, whether you're in-person, whether you're hybrid or, or fully remote? What are those things that, that you recommend business owners do as well? Yeah.
1: I think just understanding what's your lifestyle like what do you want for your lifestyle the wonderful thing about you being the owner and sometimes folks feel bad about this is you are the owner. So you can work any schedule you want to work. You can work any days you want to work, any hours you want to work. You know, you don't have to put yourself in a place where, like, you know, I really hate working Fridays. I don't want to work Fridays. I wish I had a job that I didn't work on Fridays. Well, you know what? Guess what? You're the owner. You can give yourself Fridays off. So, and then on addition to that, then you hire. If you know, like, no, I need revenue to come in on Fridays, and that's part of the reason why you don't want to take it off, then, Hire somebody that can work Friday. So that goes back to getting that clarity. So when you're getting that clarity, what's the lifestyle that you want to have? What are the hours that you want to work? You know, I have a lot of my clients where they're starting, they are, they're wanting to step back. Right. So they and they feel bad about that. They feel bad about the fact that they just truly want to be in a CEO role. I have other clients who only want to work. You know, I don't want to work full time, but I don't want to lose touch. So I only want to work maybe 10 to 15 hours or just have a few, you know, just keep a few clients and patience. So the world is truly your oyster. But you have to have that clarity. So if you know, like, I want to have a family, or if you know there's things that are going to be coming up that I need to, you know, split my time with, or, you know, then great, make the schedule that you want, and then look at what do you need in order to make sure that the practice is sustainable. That's all, that everything that I talk about is part of sustainability, profitability, and growth. It doesn't mean that you have to be the one to do it. Oftentimes, what I see is that keeping on, like, the solopreneur, you know, solo practitioner mindset and thinking like, oh, I, I, if I don't work, I don't have a job for myself. Yes, you do. You are the CEO of of the practice. That's your job. You know, that's your, that that is your job. And if you're not taking that role seriously, then no one else is overseeing the practice. No one else is looking at the money. No one else is looking at, you know, the metrics. No one else is paying attention to how the team is doing. No one else is saying, Hey, I need to hire. So you have to put on that role and you have to put on that hat Um, And so just deciding what you need and then you hire accordingly. So if you need someone to work weekends, if you need someone to work in the evenings, if you need someone to work on a certain day, then that's what you're hiring for or knowing if I take this day off, then... I need to, I, I, I need, I'm just not going to have the revenue come in until I decide that I'm going to have the revenue come in or you're finding another way to bring in money that doesn't require you to work. So it's, you know, it's open. It's open. That's the lovely thing about being an entrepreneur and being able to have, you know, a business that you can leverage. Um, and so it's just truly really taking on that mindset.
0: And you guys, listen, this is you know she's really good. She answered the other question yeah. I was to ask about.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I've done this a time or two, you know, so <laughs> I'm not into the space. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So we've talked about hiring based off needs. We've talked about policies. We have talked about doing the personal work, starting with us and then, you know, having that exude into our practice. Out of all the things that we've talked about, what do you find is the number one barrier for owners to be able to push past their their current state? How what 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 stops them <laughs> from getting to the future state, their desired state, with all of those processes in mind?
1: Oh, it's my mindset, hands down. It's mindset. I mean, that's honestly like where it starts, and even. Like one of our clients, like one of my clients that we were talking about this, like she felt like she had to get permission in order to work a less of a schedule or to take on less of a load. And that's mindset. You know, there's no one telling you what you need to do for your practice outside of you or, or the folks around you that you've decided to surround yourself with. But that's mindset. So that's the number one thing that you have to decide. That's why I love and why I preach. You own your CEO status. Yeah part of it when you own your CEO status is you are deciding, you know, I'm the leader of this practice, I, it's, it's on me, and I can make it whatever I want it to be, and I can make it whatever I don't want it to be, you know, and so it's a matter of perspective, it's a matter of owning what that vision that God has given you, it's a matter of understanding that you're here to do so much more in the world, and just deciding that you're going to step into it, deciding that you know that it's going to feel scary, it's going to be hard, it's going to be tears, Nothing's going to be perfect, but that's okay, and so it's just really just saying i am going to go after what i want so you know that's one of the biggest things like i always like uh, right now we're in the middle of hosting our seminar you know for scale your practice or two-day seminar and so one of the three things that we say that fear that keeps you from stepping up when it comes to the leadership of the practice is fear of throwing yourself in the deep end so that means going after what you want because it feels scary so you know to take the leap Number two is being prepared for what you're asking for. And so, you know, there might be some things that, that, that you say like, oh, I really would love to, you know, have a multi-million dollar practice or I would, really would love to have, you know, more people on my team or I really would love to be able to just not have to you know, continue to see to, to see clients and patients, like whatever that is for you, are you prepared for that? And most times no. So if you're not prepared for it, guess what? God's not gonna necessarily give you the door, you know, put it at your doorstep. So you have to be prepared for what you're asking for. And then the third thing is that you feel like you have to do everything yourself. And that's the worst thing because at the end of the day you're not meant to be on this journey alone. Um, you know, you especially if you hire, use your teams. If you need help, then hire someone to help you. If you need a mentor, say hey. You know, ask the questions. Um, all of these things, and so you have to definitely make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. And just knowing if this is your vision, God gave this to you, then it's meant for you. And just having the faith and knowing that you can do it. So, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, okay, let me get on a soapbox real quick. So, <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> And I think what I love the most is when you talked about you feel like you have to do everything yourself. Listen, I've been guilty of it. Yeah. Okay, I've been burned a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Time to be a bird. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's mindset. That's mindset. Yes. <laughs> and it's the control aspect. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm going to avoid this going forward. And what I had to learn was those. What people did was their integrity, it was their character, it was their choices. That has nothing to do with me or or how I vetted, because I did everything I was supposed to do. Some things you just can't stop, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. when you think about that and you think about pushing past those fears and recognizing that it put it like this, if you had to choose between getting your revenue in the door and not paying your bills, what are you gonna choose? I'm gonna get my revenue in the door so I can (laughs) get Exactly, exactly. And that's what it
1: comes down to. You have to decide. You know, like what's on the other side of this is way better than what I'm going through right now, and you just, it's it's a choice, like, we all have the power to choose, that is one of the gifts that God has given us, so choose, choose to, to, you know, go after the revenue, choose to go after the vision, choose to go after truly what you want, choose to go after lifestyle, choose to go after, you know, the purpose, choose to go after to speak on the stage, or to write the book, and all the things, you know, so choose, and so when you do that, then that's where the world opens up, and that's where you start to see like, oh, there's this opportunity, there's this opportunity, there's this opportunity. But it starts with you, and it, just, and it
0: starts with you by making a choice. You know, it's always a choice. So, but I know we have to wrap up soon, but I don't know, one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what worked for you? Purpose your purpose, you hit it on the nail with that. I think the messages that have been coming across my timeline over the last maybe like two, even three weeks has been surrounded around purpose. And when I was doing research to prepare for this next segment, I'm telling you guys, everything that came up was purpose. <laughs> the word "purpose" is popping <laughs> up. So, do you recommend that people have a purpose for each specific job description, and how do they tie that purpose in to cultivating their employees right where they are, mm-hmm. their behaviors, the mindset, the attitudes, the skills, everything, even when they don't know the other the other areas of like accounting or legal? Yeah. Yeah, people want to work for,
1: like, want to be part of something bigger. You know, that's who we are naturally as, as a people is we want to be part of something bigger. And so when you explain what that purpose is and how that job connects with, again, with that vision and mission for what the actual Place that the practice is going, that's where people get that buy-in from, not only for your team, but those you're here to serve, you know, in the marketplace. Like all of it is connected. And so that purpose is really big. So even if it's the person who might be doing the billing, you know, who that can be a very like, you know, just kind of mundane and detail-oriented type job. However, you know, at the same time, like the doors have to stay open. So how you're doing the billing allows for us to continue to see people right down to folks, you know, even with like the larger corporations that I've worked for, you know, hospital systems and things like that. Right down to, to, to you know, even just the janitor, you know, who's helping with, with things, because at the end of the day that's a you know that that's an experience for you know for those you're here to serve everything is an experience so an experience for you know your clients and patients an experience for your team an experience for you um you know and it's all connected
0: and it all starts with that purpose so okay y'all <laughs> i was just mad that we we don't have much more time because she has to get to yes, her yes yes we have our two-day scale year
1: you know scale your practice seminar so this is day two and so i'm excited just to be able to dive in but
0: i gotta get ready for it yes <laughs> okay so what can where can the people find you how can they work with you what's coming down the pipeline? do you think well you can find me at Savvy Clover Coaching Um, you
1: know and so I would say that always the two things or actually three things at this point in time I would say is that we have our free business health checklist that's on our website so www.savvyclover.com or it's also to in the link in the bio since this is on Instagram um, and then also we have scale your practice seminar two day seminar which we host monthly so that's a way for you to get some additional support especially I would say like if you're at that place where you are now getting to the booked and busy or you're like hey I need a really hire then I would love for you to come to that seminar that's a perfect fit for you um, and then if you know that you need deeper support then we have Private practice CEO, which is the CEO school for private practice owners. And so that's where we go deep to teach you, you know, how to own your CEO status, definitely understand the money piece, you know, help create, you know, streamline operations and then hiring, build, and leveraging your your teams when it comes to the clinicians that you're hiring, providers you're hiring, and also to that admin team as well. So,
0: yeah. I love it. Hey. Over again, thank you so much for coming on. And spoiler alert, if you're watching the live. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes, we're going to do this again next week ne-
0: or next month. Next month. Next month. Next, month. <laughs> yeah. next month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next month. So, <laughs> definitely make sure y'all stay tuned for that notification so you can be on this and ask the questions in real time. Yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, thank you so much, Cheska. This was fun. Yeah. Very welcome. Have a good night, everybody. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Hey, 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 everybody. Well, friends, that's our time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by JLW Medical Management Consulting. We are now accepting applications for the patient referral program and the 90 day private practice boot camp. If you would like to learn more, please visit us online at www.jlwmedicalmh.com.